You are listening to Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe. Thanks to Raya Eyewear for sponsoring this episode of Holding Court. I've been wearing Raya since last year. During the pandemic, I started teaching more lessons than ever before, especially outside. Raya are by far the best sunglasses for tennis I've ever used. Check them out at RayaEyewear.com. That's R-I-A-Eyewear.com. And use the code PATRICK to get $20 off your first pair. They are total game changers. All right, everyone, back up and running with my podcast machine here, the Roadcaster. I got my computer chip. I am all good to go. Thank you for weathering my voice memo podcast from uh, uh, the earlier days here at Wimbledon. Day two, can you believe what's going on here at Wimbledon? Absolutely amazing. Roger Federer on the cusp looked like he was uh, in serious danger of going out down two sets to one against Adrian Manorino, solid player from France, but a guy that... Roger had dominated throughout their career, 6-0, and including just destroying him a few times in majors. Uh, but Manorino, very crafty, hits the ball early, hits a little bunt backhand. Federer looked really out of sorts the first three sets. It was two sets to one for Manorino. A lot of miss hits from Roger. Just didn't seem to be hitting the ball with conviction. The movement looked okay at times, but boy, he wasn't bending down to the ball, not serving great. Uh, it started to look like did Federer to find his range early in the fourth set, got up a break. Maybe was he two breaks up? Can't remember, but he was up solidly in the fourth. And then Manorino took a nasty fall, slipped. And uh, at that point, it was over. He got an injury timeout. He tried to play, but it was obvious that uh, the knee was not going to cooperate. So Federer won that fourth set as, as Manorino put up no resistance whatsoever, hoping maybe that the treatment he'd gotten from the trainer, he took some anti-inflammatory medicine, I'm, I'm assuming, and uh, played one point literally in the fifth set and uh, shook hands with Roger. And Roger then was, you know, obviously very gracious in the on-court interview. By the way, do you like the on-court interviews? Uh, that's a new thing at Wimbledon this year, uh, partly, I think, because of the COVID protocols and not being able to interview people, you know, uh, close by just off the center court or the other courts. Uh, they're doing it on the court, which has been great. I think the players are enjoying it. They've done that for years, of course, at the U.S. Open. Uh, and Roger said, look, he was lucky to get through this, uh, didn't want to do it the way he did it with Manorino getting injured. Uh, Roger has got to get a lot sharper if he wants to make a deep run. You think that it can happen. He's got a pretty good draw through the first few rounds. Um, you know, interesting to see how he pulls up and how he feels. Again, the slippery nature of the court's a huge factor. And, of course, just a huge factor in what happened to Serena Williams. Absolutely uh, just horrible what happened to Serena as uh, early in the opening set uh, of her first round match. She actually came out looking pretty sharp, was up a quick break, and um, she slipped. I'm, I'm being told now it was an ankle injury. Not sure if it was ankle. Looked to me like it could have been a hip, but whatever it was, Serena was in serious pain. Didn't look, it wasn't really a severe slip or a fall that Serena took, um, but she did slip, lost her footing a little bit, and uh, she tried to play a couple of points. That you could see the emotion coming out of her. She knew that uh, she wasn't going to be able to continue. So when it got to three all, she said no mas. The tears were coming, understandably. Here's a person who's dedicated herself 
uh, in the last couple of years through the pandemic, through it all, uh, to try to win that 24th. I mean, that's why she's out there playing. Obviously, Roger out there playing for similar reasons. I get the feeling that Federer <clears throat> is playing. Of course, he's trying to win majors, but I get the feeling he's playing more for the true love of the game. Like he loves to play. He loves being out there. I don't think, as he said in his press conference, he didn't think he'd be doing this at, at 39, 40, meaning continuing to play Serena. Yeah. She loves to battle. She loves to compete. I think she loves that more than anything else. And I think, I think, She's chasing history. I mean, Rogers, they both made history. They're both going to go down. If Serena's the greatest player of all time, maybe you can make a case for a Steffi Graf. Obviously, she's trying to try tie Margaret Court with number 24 overall. Uh, although I do think that Serena in these years, now that she's had her child, her kid is growing up, um, I think she enjoys it more. Uh, but I, I, I kind of reminds me of Pete Sampras was such a great champion, but he, again, to me, was a guy that loved to win more than anything else. It wasn't like, you know, Roger Federer, uh, at least from what I can see, he loves to just play tennis. Um, and, of course, he – and, and by the way, I don't think he's going to continue to play tennis if he doesn't think he can at least compete for majors. Uh, Serena's had been competing for majors. I mean, that's all she's done since she came back from, from giving birth and having a child. She's been in four major finals since then. I mean, that's pretty darn impressive. She hasn't won one, and, then, and so to her – and to, and to Serena fans, it looks like, well, maybe it's a little disappointing because, you know, the bar set so high. And Serena says it herself that she sets it that high for herself. So to see her walk off in tears and limping off the court was, was awful. It was just awful. It, a little bit like, remember Agassi when he walked left to the U.S. Open? He could barely walk. He had that great match with Baghdadis. And then he beat Baghdadis. And who did he lose to? I'm trying to remember. Uh, it will come to me. But, you know, he walked off sort of, you know, barely being able to really walk and you know you never want to see that to happen to to these all-time greats uh, I don't think Roger Federer is going to let that happen to himself um, again his timing was off uh, his serve you know was okay the conditions here at Wimbledon these first couple of days are always a little bit tricky a lot of people um, you, you know, talking about, well, they should do something different to the court. No, they shouldn't do anything different to the courts, okay? This is grass court tennis. This is the way it is at Wimbledon in the first couple of mat matches, the first couple of days, every single year. And depending on the weather, if there's moisture in the air, as there has been in these first two days, and they're way behind, by the way, on getting the matches done, uh, the first-round match, there's still a ton of first-round matches to be played now on Wednesday, one year, by the way, when little old me played, I remember finishing my first round match on a Saturday. I think I started it on Friday and finished on Saturday. So you know, crazy things can happen with the weather here. Obviously, they've got the two courts with the retractable roof, so they're at least able to get those matches in. And there's been sporadic play, more than sporadic. There's been a decent amount of play on the outer courts as well, but just not the consistent play throughout day one and day two. So you have to move differently on grass. You can't, you know, run as aggressively in these first couple of matches as you can on a, on a hard court, even on a clay court where, you know, you can slide. You see a lot of players after they hit a serve and the returner hits a big return and they're trying to quickly move and change. That's a lot of times when they slip. They slip there. So you can hurt your groin. You can hurt your hip um, by that quick move and you slide out. You, you can't really move as aggressively 
uh, during the first few days of the tournament as you can once the courts get a little bit more worn out towards the, usually towards the end of the first week, depending on the weather. Now, the weather's supposed to turn. Uh, I think tomorrow's going to be spotty again on Wednesday, but Thursday, Friday, looking a lot better. The courts will have more play on them. They're going to get a little more worn out. Sunny weather, warmer conditions, then the footing gets a little bit more predictable and a lot better. So this kind of stuff can happen. I'm not going to blame the courts for what happened to Manorino, for what happened to Serena. I mean, these things happen, okay? And, you know, Coco Goff is out there. Now she's 17, so it's a little bit different when the, in the flexibility department. Even Djokovic, who's is he's 34 now or is he 33? So 33 or 34. And this guy's so flexible. He, he must have slipped and fallen like six times in his first round match, maybe more against Draper, which he won in four sets. So you can't, you can't sort of blame that, oh, why are these, all these players getting injured? They're not doing anything different to the courts. It's not that they didn't play on them last year. Uh, this is grass court tennis, particularly in these conditions. And you have to be able to adjust your movement and which balls do you go for? How do you move to the ball? How do you change direction quickly? Much different. Just, you know, and, and obviously going from clay to grass has always been a big uh, challenge. That was one of the reasons Sitsipas struggled so much. And it was a great effort by Francis Tiafa winning that in straight sets. Francis came out with a solid game plan, executed it well, took time away from Sitsipas every opportunity he had. And here Sitsipas gets to the finals of the French. Has a great, he's had an unbelievable year. Won the most matches of any player on tour in 2021. Semifinals of Australia. Beats Nadal from two sets down. Then he has Djokovic two sets to love down. Loses the French Open final. He was supposed to play the next week on grass. But understandably decided to skip it because he made that run to rest. Well, it, it, in some ways it costs him. Now you could say, well, if there are three weeks like there normally is now, uh, but because of COVID, they pushed the French Open uh, back one week. By the way, that used to be that for years. You remember the, all the years that Borg won and Martina and Chrissy and uh, Borg won the French six times and won Wimbledon five times. There was a two-week turnaround. Borg never played a tournament, a uh, warm-up tournament ever in his career that I can remember. My brother did because he was better grass. I mean, better, meaning he liked grass more than Borg. Borg liked it pretty good. He won five Wimbledon. So, um, huh, I mean, what a newsy couple of days. Andy Murray, by the way, I haven't touched on him. That was just bizarre that he was up two sets and five love, three breaks against Basilishvili. And Basilishvili somehow finds a way to uh, get back in that set, win seven games on the run to win it. You're thinking, how in the hell could this happen? And uh, sure enough, Murray's like, you know, hasn't played. He's only played four matches all year. So he actually looked pretty good. I thought his movement, playing the drop shot. I mean, that's a guy who understands how to play on grass and understands how to move. And um, he got a little bit of a break because when he lost that third set, there was a little bit of rain coming in the areas, getting late at night. So they decided, okay, we're going to close the roof. So that means there was a 15-minute break. And uh, Murray went off the court. As he said, he went, took a shower. They asked him after the match, after he came back and won it in four, what'd you do? He says, well, I went to the, uh, took a shower and I went to the bathroom. But it was only number one, he said. Very, very humorous. He's getting funnier and funnier in his, in his older years. Um, but anyway, the point is, is that I think, as I said on ESPN this morning, I think that actually having that extra set 
um, will help him in the long run in this tournament because he had to deal with some serious adversity to come back and go back on the court. Imagine going in the locker room. You're up two sets and five love. You just lose seven games in a row. Okay, now i got to go back out there and and battle again and play another set against a guy who got hot in Basile Street. He's got a lot of firepower. Not as good on grass. I mean, it doesn't have the same skill level on grass. So I, I thought it was good for Murray. Won that set, was 6-2 or 6-3 got the quick break to open the set, which was helpful. So we'll see how he does. He's due on center court tomorrow. He'll be the last match of the day session. Uh, Djokovic will kick things off against Kevin Anderson, a guy who, remember, he played in the final here a number of years ago. Remember, Anderson had that, had that unbelievable win over Federer um, when he was, I think he saved the match point in the third set, was in the breaker. and But Djokovic destroyed him in the final, and I expect – um, more the same tomorrow because Anderson had he's had he has had his own injury issues in the last couple of years. Just good to see him back competing and playing well, but I don't think he's going to have the 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 mobility. Um, he's going to have to serve huge to uh, give Djokovic any trouble. So I, I think that's going to be a straight set win, pretty one sided for Novak. Um, Murray, let me get a, just check my schedule. And see who Murray's got tomorrow because I got the order of play right here on my phone. I pull it up. <clears throat> order of play day three. Here we go. So Murray plays Ate from Germany. He won a marathon match that was held over. It was like I think it was a tiebreak. He won a fifth set tiebreak. Can you guess what was the only other fifth set tiebreak played away? I think you can. Djokovic Federer from a couple years ago. So Murray's got him. So that's a very nice-looking draw. Let me give you a couple other matches going on tomorrow. Sabalenka will play on center court against uh, young Katie Bolter from Great Britain. So that'll be a big moment for her to take on the number two seed. Over on court one, Svitolina and Sven Utvank. Dan Evans, who's got a chance, I think, to make some noise here. He plays Lajevic <clears throat> from Serbia. And then Venus Williams had a win. And then she's got to take on Anz Jabor tomorrow. Um, so Venus had a tough three-set win today. She so had to bounce back tomorrow and play again. Not easy for her. And Jabor, very crafty player. She's making history herself, uh, being from Tunisia. So that will be, I think that'll be a tough one for Venus to pull that off. Court two, you've got Cornet Andrescu. Uh, Puy against Nori. They, they stopped tonight. Nori lost the first set in a tie break. OJ Aliasim, Sviantek against Rana Reva. Uh, and anyway, the rest of the schedule, it's going to be another you know, busy day. Hopefully, the weather will stay solid. Uh, obviously, we'll have the two show courts as well. I hope you've been enjoying our ESPN coverage. Um, we've been all over it, start to finish. Been uh, a lot of fun and uh, looking forward to getting some sunny weather. We've just been battling uh, off and on with the rain, but I hope you've been enjoying it. I hope you're enjoying this edition of Holding Court. I will continue to try to pump these out as often as I can here for you, my very loyal podcast listener. Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe is powered by Mudhouse Media.